Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy back on the East Coast, Nate Weitzer. And we are looking at a seven-game slate here on a Thursday as we continue along heading towards New Year's Eve. Want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Got another video, game video up for you today and our player props as well that we're bringing you each and every weekday this regular season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have all of our great written content all season long for you guys. And you can use our odds finder tool on there. You can go ahead and make sure you're getting the best juice back across those U.S. sports books on all those bets you make in the NBA this season. Nate, let's jump into the seven-game slate and then talk about our first game tonight, the Rockets, who we expect to surprise the Mavs. Surprise, or at least hang with them. Uh, we got Cavs minus five at the Pacers, and Tyrese Halliburton's questionable for Indy, so that's a big thing to monitor there. Thunder and a pickup at the Hornets. The Clippers are plus six and a half right now at Boston. That's the other game we'll break down for you. Memphis minus three at Toronto. The Knicks minus five at the Spurs with Jalen Brunson questionable. Spurs also have a couple guys questionable. And then this game, yeah, it's plus ten and a half. Houston at Dallas. Um, for Dallas, we know Dorian Finney-Smith is out and, and Josh Green and Maxi Klebo will remain out. And Reggie Bullock is questionable with a non-COVID illness, probably similar to what you uh, hear in my voice right here. It's just, you know, a nasty cold that's not going to make it easy to play. And look, we talked about Bullock and Finney Smith not being the same kind of defenders this year. And I mean, they're certainly better than their replacements, though. I mean, Dallas's defense without those guys in their last five now, I mean, Bullock has been playing. So we don't know yet how far the bottom will fall out. But Kleba and DFS out the last five, 116 defensive rating, two and three against the spread. Um, you look without Bullock since the start of last season, they have a 114 defensive rating versus 110 with him. With DFS and Kleba, it also goes up to 113 with either of those guys out. So they're key wing defenders, key guys to complement uh, Luca, who's just carrying their offense. I mean, needed to have an absolute historic game to beat your Knicks uh, with a ridiculous comeback as well. And we've talked about a lot. There's a there's a letdown with the Mavs after they get these wins. I mean, they're four and thirteen against the spread after a win, and they have won four straight here. They've been able to maintain a little bit of momentum, but they have zero wins by double digits. They're nine and eighteen against the spread as favorites this year. You know, winning by just four points per game overall when they're favored. Um, and, and Houston's a frisky team, right? That's sixteen and thirteen as dogs, but recently much more uh, dangerous in that regard. Six and two against the spread and straight up when they're plus seven or more, uh, including. I mean, they have a win over Dallas. That was without Luca, of course, so we can throw that out. Uh, but they did cover against Dallas in this recent stretch here, losing by six. And that took a 50.8-10 assist game from Luca for Dallas to even pull that out. So it's not like you're like, oh, they're going to, you know, it's just because Luca had an off night. It's like, no, he didn't do everything he could because Dallas has no wings right now. Uh, they also hit 16 threes. They had an eight. 8-3 advantage. Houston cannot match them from the three-point line, uh, but Houston won the rebounding battle. I mean, there's a lot of numbers recently to indicate 
that this could go over for sure. And there's a correlation that the Mavs five and two to the over and five and two straight up in their last seven home games. So with those guys out, they need to score to win even more. Uh, so I might look at a, if, if you are interested in the Mavs continuing this win streak, and I do think they're going to win. I just don't think by double digits necessarily. Why not parlay it with the over? Because uh, I, I think that's what they're going to have to do here is run and gun a little bit. And Houston's a fun team that that gets to the free throw line a lot. They haven't been high scoring in recent matchups with the Mavs, but I think this iteration of Dallas that has such few defenders, uh, they will give up a, a healthy amount of points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to you as well for playing through the same cold that apparently these guys can't get on the court for. It's not easy to podcast either, by the way, when uh, you've got a deep chest cold. So shout out, Nate, for perseverance. Uh, and I was I would say that uh, I love this bet. I love where we find those moments to bet on the Rockets. Um, I love where we find those moments that we can go. I hate betting on the Mavs, right? And like, I can't trust them. So I would love to bet against them. Um, I just have to bet against the fact that they're going to make, you know, I don't know, 22 threes or so, right? Like, if that's what I'm betting against in a game where they don't have Reggie Bullock uh, and, and all the other guys that you mentioned tonight. Obviously, Maxi Kleba been gone for a little bit. Um, and then DFS, obviously huge for what they do as well. Um, he hasn't been shooting great from three himself, but Reggie Bullock was picking it up a bit. And that was a huge reason for their comeback against the Lakers was exactly the style of play that we are used to from the Mavs. They just started making threes, right? They scored like 50 points in the third quarter because DFS or because uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. And, and uh and Reggie Bullock went clean off while Luca did his thing. So you know, in the first half they had 41 points or whatever. You know, like and that and that's just that's the Mavs in a nutshell. Some halves they're going to score 40, some quarters they're going to score 50. Um and it, but if you don't have D, uh both DFS Kleba and especially at this point Reggie Bullock who was really the yang to uh Tim Hardaway Jr.'s yang if you will on on the three around the three point line. Um then yeah, you're you're not going to have anything to to hang with. Um and and I say hang with the Rockets and I mean it. Um because like you said, um you know what they've been doing at least um specifically KPJ and Jalen Green over the course of the last like 10 11 games where you now know that you have consistent 20 point scores. Um and that's something that I don't know if it's going to continue for a very long time, but this is a matchup where you like it to continue once again because of the fact that there's that lack of wing defense for the Mavs and you talk about what happens to their defensive rating uh, when these guys come out of the game so it's pretty plain and simple right like on defense the Mavs are, are completely reliant uh, on being able to you know have some lockdown athletic guys on the wing uh, without any sort of true defense you know interior perimeter stopper like we said which is another place that Jalen Green likes to get right it's threes and layups for him uh, and, and that's another matchup that it, there's there's a ton of points in the paint to be had when you play against this Dallas Mavs team. So uh, without the wing defense, it's just the 10 and a half is all I care about at this point. Like 11 points is too much for a Houston team that can cover that uh, in a game where they have the weapons to, to, to match up. And in this game, they have the weapons to match up on a sort of, you know, slightly deteriorated Mavs lineup. Yeah, I mean, there are things that, that Dallas can do to limit Houston for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. Houston's offense is bad. It's really inefficient. Um, and they score... But they do score, uh, you know, the third highest percentage of their points on the free throw line. And in their last three, Dallas has given up the fourth most free throw attempts. So I, I think that is how they will be able to hang around here uh, one way or another. I mean, Jabari Smith did have his the best game of his rookie year against Dallas last time out. <clears throat> Dallas just not much down low 
uh, and Houston giving up 51 paint points on the road recently, uh, or I mean on the season versus their fifth fewest paint points yeah. overall. So I, I think both teams have an easy pass. The scoring here, 225 is the total. Uh, it, it's kind of scary when you talk about Dallas at home, but I just think there's too many yeah. too many chips down uh, in terms of their defense. It's just like Tim Hardaway, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, they're they're not the same kind of defenders at all. Uh, I mean, so Houston, K, the guys you mentioned, KPJ and Jalen Green, should be able to get it going. Yeah, for sure. And, and Dallas has had a bunch of really low totals at home, which is the reason that they go over at home to twelve and seven uh, to the over at this point uh, when they're playing at home. And it's it's not like those those totals were probably much higher than two twenty two twenty five. So it, it still is right around you know what they allow uh, and what their games average at home for Dallas is still a little bit higher for this total to be honest with you. But it's right around it. And like you said, without this without the defense for for Dallas, then you feel good about Houston scoring. It's just a matter of is Houston's offense going to come along, and that's kind of what I'm banking on tonight. Um, and, and the reason that I think that they'll be able to cover uh, ten and a half points to be sure. So with the clips and the Celtics. Year, neither of us feel great about a competitive line at six points. I mean, it's really hard to predict how much the Clippers are going to be able to compete, how much they're going to want to compete. I mean, it's a normal rest situation, so we can't expect anyone to sit. I mean, there are props already up for Kawhi and PG, and to be honest, that's where I bet this game is Kawhi Leonard's props. I, I don't really want to bet the the Celtics to cover six points against a really good team that just beat them by 20 at home uh, that just played lights out defense against this particular team. And then, you know, in their last three, though, have played horrendous defense against. It's not even like, oh, it's just Detroit. Like, of course, they didn't take Detroit seriously. Horrendous defense against Toronto and Philly, also Eastern, Eastern Conference juggernauts. So it's not like they, you know, they bring it every time. With Kawhi and PG active this year, they're now 9-3. and three. Those guys have a 105 defensive rating, very impressive between the two. Just a 109 offensive rating. Um, <clears throat> I mean, but the Celtics seem to have figured out their offense on Christmas, for sure. After just like a brief little three-game lull, they lit up the Bucks. Now they're rolling again. Um you know, the last four meetings between these teams did go over before a December 21 COVID game where three of the biggest names were out. And then that ice cold road appearance from the Celtics at the Clips. Uh, I mean, they went under consistently on the road this year and on that trip. But at home, I mean, they just score so much, so fast, uh, 123 points per game. A 62% true shooting. They're going over by an average of 10 points per game. So 228 is a little low when you have a a very capable opponent that can match them. Uh, With Kawhi being so efficient right now, with PG capable of going up or down at a high rate. Um, And the Celtics right now scoring 71 points per game in the second half in their last three. And the Clippers giving up the second most Uh, There's a lot of things the Clippers have struggled with in the last three, including 39.5% from three, fifth most paint points, fifth highest assisted field goal ratio. I think they cleaned some of that stuff up, but I don't think it really matters. Apparently for the Celtics, it doesn't even really matter if Joe Mazzula is out there coaching or not. If it's David Stoudemire last game, I mean, granted against the Rockets, but 
they just they have a system, they believe in it, and they and they have guys who know their roles and they're just so deep and so dangerous that the biggest thing you worry about with an over in the NBA sometimes is that the second unit gets out there and all of a sudden the 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 tap gets turned off, right? And there's like nobody can score. Well, the Celtics second unit is amazing. Like they they might score more, and because like you might even have some Peyton Pritchard and Luke Cornett minutes, there might be more points going the other way too. Because um, just it's just, it's a fun game to watch. The Clippers also are very deep, also can push the pace if you want to. So I, I agree with you on the over more than anything, and that's why I look at some over on some player props as well. Yeah, go for it. Uh, go go for the over on the player props. Uh, we're talking about four of the best. 15 to 20 players in the NBA on one court. I mean, Jason Tatum, let's believe what he's telling us, man. I mean, he and Jalen Brown, like, let's just believe what they're telling us. I, I, this isn't some weird, uh, you know, Jason Tatum goes for 30 game, 30 points, 10 games in a row, like he's done in, in the past. And then all of a sudden, Jason Tatum has 17 points on a four for, you know, 19 shooting and, and one of 10 from three. Like, that's not his style of play anymore. You look at uh, what he's been doing. It, the shooting the ball is, is out of control. He and Jalen combining for seven. 71 points over their last three, um, which we talked about, you know, three in a row at home since that just wild stretch of losing to Orlando twice, getting pummeled by the the Pacers, making a slight comeback, but still losing. um, And and all those road woes that they had after they lost to the dubs as well before all that. And then everything just kind of gets right. And it's kind of interesting because Rob Williams comes back right in the middle of this sort of weird uh, stand of, of, of losing on the road, losing to Orlando twice at home. It all is like right around where Rob Will comes back. Al Horford came back from injury right before that. Marcus Smart mixed a few games, which was weirded out the rotation with he and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, And then Derek White is just kind of bad now, to be honest with you. He's just, you can't expect him to be a a 12-point scorer for you anymore and give you double digits consistently. It's just not something that you can bank on. It doesn't seem like uh, over the course of the last like 15, 20 games where he just kind of fell through a hole. So my my main point is everything was kind of weird for them in in, in a time where um, they were losing on top of not playing well at all on either side of of the floor, including on offense where they expected to do that. They still are going to be volatile. They're still, even in their last three, they're still taking the most threes a game. They're just making the most threes a game because all you have to shoot if you're the Celtics right now, when you're putting up like 47 threes a game, uh, you really only need to make like what I don't know 36% of them 35% of them which is a good team percentage but it's pretty average for for three point percentage and that's the entire system here is, is volume to your point it doesn't matter if Joe Missoula is out there or not um, they, they have a, a system that is based on offensive volume and, and shooting the ball a ton and, and doing it with two of the best offensive players in the league and maybe the best one right now in Jason Tatum so um, 130 points a game in those three Still allowing 110, but playing at that 102 pace. So, you know, that their D rating is still about a 107.5 defensive rating. Really, you know, good for top five in the league for sure. They started assisting again, Nate, which is something I know you talked about from last season, to even two seasons ago, all the way up to this season. Are the are the Celtics sharing the ball or is it just your turn, my turn? And they're back into the top 10 in assists uh, in their last three after falling out for a bit. Um, so, yeah, I think everything, the amount of free throws that JB and, and Jason Tatum are combining for, like 17 a game right now. 
uh, between two players, that's pretty incredible. I mean, if Jason Tatum's going to shoot 36% from three, but also get 10 free throw attempts a game, like, come on, man, that's, you know, that's KD stuff right there. So um, I, 13 and five, uh, really 13, five and one to the over when they're at home, like you said, covering by about 10 points a game. And, and the, the Clips, it's just a great matchup, right? In terms of the Clippers have both of their offensive studs um, and they're, they're averaging way better, uh, you know, offense on the road as well. Um, and, and, you know, scoring about 113 a game on the road with these two, you know, these two dudes both playing over the course of their last like three games, right? They're, they're averaging like 128 or whatever, right? Whatever we said. So like, it, it's clear they, they played Detroit in that time as well. Uh, the, the Raptors struggling a little bit, but they put up the 114 on the Sixers, lost that game because of exactly what you talked about. Awful defense in the second half for the Clips as of late. Um, I think that'll continue to be the case. It's the reason that I don't trust them to cover. I, I do like six points for the Clips in a vacuum, but I just watched them blow a double-digit lead against the Sixers in this exact situation where they were on the road uh, and the Sixers came back in the fourth quarter to win that game by, and cover, by the way, by about seven points or six or five points, which is a cover in that game. This game, five and a half, five points. I, it's the same kind of situation where I could see the Seas just kind of taking over in the third and fourth quarter with that offense um, in, in a way that would pull them away. But I think the Clips are coming along for the ride on, 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 on an offensive game where as soon as I saw it at 227 and a half, uh, already was well, open at 226 and a half, been bet up up to 228 i don't expect it to get bet down at all and i would bet this up to 230 um which is my initial thought when i saw it and everything that i've I've sort of looked at since then confirms it for me yeah and i would tease it back down with the celtics at minus two two and a half um i mean i do think the celtics are going to win this game at home for sure um this is an revenge spot after what happened to them in in lac and they're just rolling right now in their last couple I mean, with Rob Williams, they do have the best defensive rating in the league in six games. Granted, three of those came against Orlando, um, another terrible offense in Houston. But, uh, I mean, they're just a complete team. They're the best team in the NBA on on paper. And the Clippers are just not a team you could trust to take every game seriously. So, yeah, I I mean, you see them giving up leads. You see they're not a team that you expect to get fired up and come back from a third quarter deficit if that happens. I mean, they, right. they lead, Kawhi leads by example, steady, going to play his game, going to be efficient. But if it's not going their way, okay, you know, we'll move on. And, and the West isn't competitive enough that they really have to worry about it. I mean, they're sitting in first place in the Pacific. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it, after everything they've done here. And so, I mean, I, I lean towards Celtics winning along with some points here. Um and I think the teaser might actually be applicable. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, though, if you're going to go with the teaser, like I'm so not afraid of this total um, that I would just hit that money line for, for the, the C's uh, yeah. and, and go with the over if that's how you wanted to play it. Uh, like I said, not really scared uh, of, of the total there. I like it all the way up to 230. So uh, I feel comfortable with that if you do feel that confident in the C's winning, which I do. I think they're a better team. I think they should win. Um, I just, I hate betting against the, the volatility, the, the randomness of this Clippers team right now because the, the randomness that's increased because they're not playing together consistently. Um, like we kind of talk about, like we, when we were talking about the dubs the other night and Draymond's comments of like, look, if we're, we're, we know what we're playing for and if we're not playing for uh, something super important and we're down by enough in the third quarter, then like, why would we continue to play our vets or whatever? And it's like, because you need to be ready for the playoffs. What in the third quarter of a play of a game two that you're down one Oh in the series and you go down by 20 and you're just going to give up and give up the series. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. You're still going to play. And it's the same concept for these clips that scare me uh, in, in that sense of are, are you bringing it or not? Are you going to give up in the third and fourth quarter because you haven't been playing clips? 
close grinded out games together all season long, Kawhi and PG? Uh, I, I don't know. And I, I'd rather not bet on or against it. I'd rather just bet on there being points in a game with a lot of great offensive players. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, we talked about the Celtics Clippers game and I'm just trying to take Kawhi Leonard props here and, and you know, maybe the over as well in that game, but Kawhi's props come out way too low across the board. I, I think 20 and a half points. I like 27 and a half points rebounds at pretty good odds and just four assists at plus money, plus 108 right now. Uh, I mean, he's filling it up. He's The most important thing is he's playing at least 30-ish minutes in eight straight games. Um, and so that's led to 20 points per game, seven and change rebounds, four and change assists. Uh, the only time he didn't play 30 minutes – was when he went for 25, 9, and 6 against Boston in 29 minutes, was a plus 23, kind of led that game to being over. Uh, his last three versus Boston, 27 points per game, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. So, I, I mean, he can score on these dudes for sure. He can also defend them. Uh, I mean, whatever we know about the enigma that is Kawhi's mind, he seems to get up for this matchup. And he's just back to being lethally efficient. Uh, 55, 50 splits in his last two, six and a half assists per game. Also, it's kind of like the playmaker Kawhi because he's like, all right, I'm not really ready to just be the man all the time, or I'm going to, I'm still pacing myself for the postseason. But, uh, you know, he got up for this matchup last time. It's a lot of people's finals prediction. And, and I think it's a big game with a high, a rising total for good reason. Uh, so that we should see both stars, all four stars, you know coming out here as the big two go up against each other. Yeah. I mean, if you're LA and you're the, if you're the Clippers right now, like whatever is going on behind the scenes, you've got a shot at, at, you know, winning this West it's wide the hell open. Um, Denver might be the best team in the West, uh, but maybe not Memphis might be Devin Booker's not even there uh, for, for the Suns for another month, at least like it's wide open. And, and if you're the clips, I'm, I'm assuming that you're, you're bringing it. And if you're Kawhi, I'm assuming that the reason that you've been playing lately, um, we know he wanted to play against Toronto as he's now five and zero since leaving there and playing against them. But um, he's got to want to play in this game as well. Like you said, potential finals matchup, which at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, that is an awful ticket. Go ahead and cash that out as soon as you can and get your money back. Um, but now the clips are in a position where it looks a little bit different. Uh, and then it's very reasonable for them to come out of the West. I say all that because I just want to know if, if Kawhi is trying and if he is, then 27 and a half points and rebounds. I, I love that for sure. So, um, 
Let's go to another guy who's been balling uh, this season and finally, I think, getting some of his flowers that he deserves. Pascal Siakam. Uh, we do love coming back to him. Over 25 and a half points tonight in uh, you know a pretty decent matchup against a Grizzlies team that uh, much better on defense at home, I will say, than on the road where they're really, really good at Dion home, at home. So you can go for the 26 points for him uh, in a game where I think he's got a pretty good matchup or the 41 and a half PRA uh, last four for this guy just going absolutely insane 38 points a game on 10 boards and about seven assists as well a 35 percent usage rate uh and, and what you like to see when you talk about his usage fred van fleet questionable once again continues to sort of struggle this season with a few little injuries and really shooting the ball in general uh you talk about what pascal does when uh fred van fleet is out since uh 2021, so about a year or so ago, uh, 28% usage when he's out and 24 points per game as well. Um, 20, uh, that's without him. 26% usage, 22% uh, points per game with him. So everything goes up a tick uh, when Fred's not there for, for Pascal. Um, Memphis, like I said, been playing well on D um, and has held him in check to a degree in terms of Pascal the last five times they played him. 22 and a half a game on four and a half boards and four assists for Pascal. But um, first of all, that's only about three points less than what we're talking about. And and secondly, uh, like I said, Memphis defense on the road, not the same as what it is at home. 113 defensive rating over their last eight. Yeah, so if, if Triple J is not going to be able to stay out of foul trouble, that's their best matchup for this one, obviously. Uh, and if he's not playing like 32 th to 36 minutes, which you can expect Pascal to play in a game that they're going to need him to, to really come through um, as they continue to struggle, even at home right now. I, I think this is a good opportunity to get Siakam uh, in, a, in a really big game for them uh, to, to get 26 points that he's been doing pretty efficiently lately. Yeah, I mean, the recent splits against Memphis are worrying, as is the fact that Memphis is great denying pain points, you know, doing the things that we that you think Siakam needs. But he came into that matchup against the Knicks with them riding the highest defensive rating in their last eight, and then he just goes off for a career high. So yeah. it's not like there are many answers for him right now. He's really added to his game. He's playing at an all-NBA level. Uh, I think you just keep riding until the wheels fall off. Um, first, time, first time appearance here for the OKC rook, Jalen Williams. Love it. I mean, there's a lot to like in a game with the 239 total. We got Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, 31 and a half points. Uh, you got LaMelo at 24 and a half, but <clears throat> I'm taking Jalen at just 12 and a half points, even money. Um, him and Mike Muscat have props up yet. They're both going to see a boost here in playing time and usage with no Poku for the next four to six weeks. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson's also out right now. In his last four, Jalen's scoring 13 and a half, seven rebounds, three assists. So 20 and a half PRA seems pretty nice as well. Uh, and, and it's Charlotte. So, of course, we want to attack them. They give up the fifth most points and rebounds to small forwards. They In their last 10, they have a 121.5 defensive rating, and they play at a pace of 102.5. So I mean, there's just so many opportunities to get stats when, when things are going that fast. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about uh, Mr. Jalen Williams. Like I very clearly said when you start talking about him, uh, I think it's about time we start talking about a few of the other young guys on this team. We've talked about Poku a, a couple of times. He's been a player prop uh, as well. But like you said, with a few of the guys that they need uh, in that sort of small forward, center-ish, sometimes ball handling position that uh, OKC loves to run over there, uh, I think Jalen Williams is going to continue to be an important guy for that. So um, let's finish things off here uh, talking about uh, DG, the PG, as you've labeled him, Darius Garland. 
Hammond. We can talk about him and uh, kind of Donnie Mitchell. I kind of want to talk about them in the same breath um, because I do think that there's an opportunity here against the Pacers for us to feel pretty good about Donnie Mitchell kind of making a little bit more of a, uh, a turnaround on sort of the, 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 the way that things have been going in terms of the scoring. The last game we saw uh, them against Brooklyn, Darius go off for the, the you know career high there uh, while Donnie took a little bit more of a back seat. This is a game where we're, I think we're both expecting, especially if Tyrese Halliburton, as we call him, Hallibaby, not playing tonight. He's questionable. You want to stay on that. It's very relevant because if he's not playing, I don't think the Pacers stay close. I think we feel pretty good about the Cavs covering uh, five points for sure in that instance. And then we're not really sure how many minutes that each of these two guys are going to get for, for Donnie Mitchell and Darius Garland at that point. Um, but I think, you know, the guy that does the scoring leading up to that, I think we feel a little bit better about uh, Donnie Mitchell in this one. 27 and a half points. It is more than the 20 and a half uh, for, for Darius, as we say. But for, for uh, Darius, though, you look at his road home splits. And I think it adds to the idea that this is a, this is the situation that you take Donnie Mitchell in uh, on the road. 16 a game this season versus the 25 that he's scoring at home. The assists go up as well on the road. Just a bit more of that, that usage um, in his last five on the road. Just 17 a game, 33-25 splits. So really, obviously super bad from deep right now uh, on the road. Um, and that's with that 26% usage in 37 minutes over those last five. So like I said, in this one, I feel a little bit better about maybe going under on a, on a Darius Garland than even an over on a Donnie Mitchell. But I think there's a little bit of the inverse correlation there. Um, it's just a matter of, do you think the Pacers are going to be within striking distance at all uh, You know, later in the game for, for these two guys to both stay on the floor? Yeah, and I'll throw out a third one. Evan Mobley, 14 and a half points. Um, he really hasn't been looking at the basket lately. Um, and, and I think if it's not that close a game, um, he has no real reason to try to f- figure out his offense. So, uh, I mean, there's some ways to attack this, but we're all basing this if, if Halliburton sits. So yeah. you got to wait and see what happens there. Yeah, and that, that's the name of the game with player props. Too often is just who is and who is not playing. You have to know. There's a bit of a gamble as guys, you know, totals and props will go up or down based on that. Um, and if Halliburton doesn't play, though, I don't know that that necessarily affects how they'll flip these these Cavs props, right? So I think you can feel pretty good about taking those um, as is, but you do want to see if Halliburton is playing uh, for, for really the way that this, you know, if you want to take some overs, you kind of want him in there so that the Pacers come along is what we're saying. Definitely make sure to stay on top of all that stuff pretty much up until game time right now the way the nba is going so that is all the time we have for you though in this one make sure to like and subscribe to that page continue to follow along with us coming back at you for to end this work week on friday with another couple game videos and our player props so until we see you next happy betting <laughs> <laughs>